1: Montana's on the Daily Sports Talk Show. Now's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football!
2: fresh out the box exactly like riley corcoran's headphones are about to be what's up everybody welcome in happy monday i know a lot of you out there are probably sad here on your monday the grizz lost the packers lost the bucks lost the 49ers lost hey like bobby Hulk said today guess what in uh sports you win or you lose and that's it we're gonna get into the weekend that was The bobcats won uh, on the road in Greeley, colorado and uh Three of the four teams in the top ten of the Big Sky Conference took care of business this last week. To me, doesn't really demean the matchups that are upcoming here these next couple weeks, including what should be a primetime Saturday uh, throughout the Big Sky Conference, throughout all of college football. So we'll get to all of that. Hope you had a great weekend. Amazing just how nice it still is. I can't even believe it. There's a little uh, tinge of cool in the air this morning, but still in the 70s in mid-October, uh, here in the state of Montana, pretty hard to complain. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, will ride with me, Colter Nuanas, in studio with you for the first hour of the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Advocates, and Stockman Bank. And then hour number two, Marty Mornowegg, longtime NFL coach, will come sit with us and talk all things NFL, probably get into some stuff about the Grizz, uh, as well as he was on the television call as the color commentator there. Now for the Grizz uh, game on Saturday as well. So we'll talk all things football like we always do here on your Monday. So hopefully uh, you're ready to roll with us. It's so funny because um, the the passion of fan bases is so apparent this time of year. And when you have wins, you have losses, it's just amazing to me. Hardly ever do you have huge wins and everybody thinks everything's all great. And hardly ever do you have big losses like Montana suffered to Idaho on Saturday. And uh, people don't think the sky is falling. But we're going to get into all of it. We'll hear from Bobby Halk. We'll hear from Jason Eck. Uh, we'll hear from Brent Vegan. And uh, we'll get you all the way through uh, the uh, weekend that was. How you doing, my man?
3: I'm doing good. I think the... Uh The effects of Saturday have worn off a little bit. It was probably the worst 24-hour stretch of uh, being a sports fan or being involved in sports for me for a while. Not only did the Grizz game happen, but you've been nice. You've not given me a hard time in three minutes. My Dodgers (laughs) absolutely just flopped after 111 regular season wins. So that being said, yeah, it it was a rough Saturday, but... The sun came up today, and it's a yeah. new week. we got to break it all down and have therapy together and move forward, right? That's how it works.
2: Well, uh, Riley, the voice of the Grizz, uh, also the dedicated Dodger fan, and it uh, sounds like we have a call on the Ringage Brothers RV phone line. You already know who this is going
3: to be. If this is, if it, He knows this is the only way that he can talk to me because there's no way I'm responding to his text, and I'm not going to talk to him on the flight this weekend either. Is this, is this the Rain Man? <laughs> it has the to be. The Rain Man. What's going on?
2: What's up, Sean? Uh, Sean Rainey,
3: uh, Let's go! Oh, Come on, Riley. I knew you weren't
1: gonna respond, so I had to ambush you here on the radio. How, how, I, mean, I got to ask you one question: How does it feel knowing that your team won 111 games, was the best team you've ever had in the history of your franchise, <laughs> and you lost? To the little brother
3: Man that has got to suck You know it's not Baseball Sean I tell you what They play 162 (laughs) games And it comes down to a best of five Hey they got to value the regular season more Should I be the guy that gets on the soapbox And say it's a bad format I won't I will say on the radio Congratulations to your Padres It stinks I don't know. I don't know. It's just a bad... I know what it feels like to be a Padres fan, to be all the way disappointed all the time. So, enjoy being on top for one time, Sean. It's good to have the roles reversed. It's good to eat a little humble pie. I hope you enjoy your time on the mountain for a week until the Phillies crash your hopes and head to the World Series.
1: Hey, there's not many times that we have a chance to, to talk smack to Dodgers fans, so we got to capitalize on it when we can. Uh, but, yeah, that was an incredible, incredible series. Happy for Padres fans out there. Really happy for the you know like Philly State. fans of teams that like don't get to experience this very often. Uh, it, it's it's really cool because I have never been in this position. Ever, I was only like nine years old, and they went to the World Series. Yeah. So this is uh, this has been quite
3: the ride. As much as it pains me, and trust me, it pains me of all teams to lose to the Padres. <laughs> for sure, Sean. Yes, it is cool how sports come full circle because you guys have been the lovable losers for a while, and right. now you're on top. So I- enjoy the ride because, as you know, baseball playoffs are cruel. It can change. Oh. It, it can change on a dime.
2: They are cruel, no doubt. I mean, how nuanced no, out By the way, Sean Rainey joined us on the Rangers' players' RV full line. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, right at checkout with us here uh, in studio. Talking about Cruel, Uh, one of our guys at Skyline Sports, Blank Hempstead, one of our photographers, he says, hey man, I'm not coming to any of the games on Saturday because I'm going to drive over to Seattle. I'm going to go watch the M's. I was like, all right, man, that's all good. Mariners haven't been in the playoffs in 20 plus years. He texts me about Inning number 14 of what became an 18-inning game, he said, Hey, man, I brought like $300 cash in the stadium. I've already had lunch. I've already had a snack. I've already had beer. I'm out of money. This thing's got to end. And then it does end in heartbreaking fashion for the Mariners. They lose in the 18th inning to get swept by uh, the Astros. But it was more than a sweep because he had on the front end and the back end just I mean you couldn't have more heartbreaking losses than what the Mariners went well,
3: through well no and at least since they waited so so many years 21 years to have a home playoff game at least they play 18 innings so it counted as like two essentially yeah, right, no but I mean, yeah, they had the lead game one and game two and Houston get beat then to lose like that tough for the Mariners I Hey, it's a crapshoot. I don't know who's gonna going to win and, and for the final what five teams that are left to go. We're gonna let it ride and, and let let Sean be on top of the mountain here for for at least we'll, a week. We'll have plenty of baseball <laughs> stuff
2: for you. Maybe I'll even swing by sometime this week, Randy, and we can talk some more baseball because I'm actually getting into the baseball playoffs as well, and I think it's been very fun. But Sean, before we get you out of here, you <laughs> was you were on the sideline Saturday yeah. uh, for the University of Montana versus Idaho battle for the Little Brown Stein. Idaho comes in with and posts a thirty to twenty three victory. Uh, just your impressions from what you saw uh, from field level there at Washington Grizz on Saturday.
1: Well, the Grizz are not good enough when they play bad to just beat decent and uh, solid teams. And the Idaho's a very good, very solid team. And when the Grizz play sloppy and they don't play well like they did, they're going to get beat. And it was uh, – I, I think that's what most fans are probably disappointed in. Is I think if, if you – you know, play uh, a decent game—not even a good game. If you play a decent game and you get beat, uh, I think you can kind of live with that. But it's the the roughing the passers, the not catching a punt that results in points, the turnovers, the this, the that, and it's just like, man, if we, if we just uh, you know play decent, you're, you're probably not losing that that football game. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's a and also a game that. Coulter, we've talked about it. Riley, you and I have talked about it. This Montana team, they, they have some flaws. And I think what's kind of disappointing is we're not really seeing them improve upon those areas yeah. that we see as perceived weaknesses. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing.
2: Well, uh, we'll hear from Sean uh, sooner than later, but thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it, and uh, congratulations again on the uh,
3: the victory for your San Diego Sean, Padres. Sean, congratulations, Here. my friend. Enjoy it. Thank you.
1: I, I appreciate it, and I won't talk any smack if my Chargers beat your Broncos. tonight. Oh, so.
3: Please show some mercy if that happens. My God, this is going to be the week from hell for me with Rainey, but he's going to take full advantage of it. Enjoy it, Sean. Uh. Thanks. Love you guys. <laughs> Thanks,
2: Rain Man. Uh, oh, for those that man. are not watching on TV, Riley's being a true pro right now. If you actually know him, I can tell he's not very happy. At exact <laughs> let's get off the, let's get off the pro sports. Trailer. I thought let's we d- came to talk football. Yeah, well, that's right. right? Let's, no. let's, let's dive into the Montana football hour. It is presented by the advocates, Stockman bank and Blackfoot communications here. First of all, is your high schools, pertinent high school scores from over the weekend. We will not do all of them. Just do a couple of the quick hitters here before we get into some analysis of the weekend. That was then about, uh, Halfway through the Montana Football Hour, we'll give you our three big things on each of the Grizz and the Bobcats games. Uh, Bobcats looked impressive after settling in. They're down 14-3 to Northern Colorado, but then uh, lit a fuse and took off, scored 34 unanswered points. Willie Patterson, that's the news of the day here on your Monday. Uh, Actually, the two pieces of news of the day here on your Monday. One, Willie Patterson, senior wide receiver for the Bobcats, is the offensive player of the week in the Big Sky Conference. Best game of his career, seven catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns. He is fast tracking his way to an all-big sky campaign. The other news of the day: the polls are out. Montana fell to number seven in the poll this week. Montana State moved up to number three. They're behind South Dakota State. First time SDSU has been number one in the rankings in the history of their program. So uh, congratulations to John Stiegelmaier uh, and his crew. Twenty-three twenty-one at the Fargo Dome. So uh, they were down twenty-one seven at halftime. Rallied all the way back and won that one. So SDSU. Uh, as advertised, really, really good team there in Brookings this year. Sac State number two, Montana State number three. Weber State came in at number five, Montana uh, number seven. So we'll get to the poll here in just a little while. But a lot of reorganization, but yet still a lot of uh, Big Sky Conference flavor, not only in the top 10, but in the top 25. Idaho vaults all the way up from basically 27th to 17th. So that's a pretty big rise in a single week. And that's what happens when you come on the road and beat the number three team in the country. You're pertinent. Uh, Football scores from over the weekend. Uh, Flint Creek, that's drummond Phillipsburg. They beat Seedley Swan, 62-0. The uh, Trojans are just marching, man. They have a really, really good squad. Again, uh, more things change, the more they stay the same. If it involves Drummond, they're going to be a pretty good and pretty tough out. Arlie beat Valley Christian, 74-32. Belt beat Chinook, uh, 46-12. That was one of the top eight-man matchups. A couple top five teams there at the eight-man level. Big timber Crushed Townsend. That was a very surprising result. 33, oh, excuse me, uh, 33-27, so not a crush. Sorry, I thought it was 33-7, to but 33-27, so a good game as expected. A couple of the top teams in Class B. Big Fork remained undefeated. They beat Forrest Carlton 20-19, so a hell of a game there. Billings West moved up to 6-2, so they've been red hot since their non-conference, and uh, they beat Great Falls CMR 27-3. Butte Blanks Hellgate 55-0. Columbia Falls beats Whitefish 24-20. Frenchtown, Rolls past Stevensville, 43-7. Great Falls High beats Billings Senior, 28-0. Hamilton, bests Libby, 54-13, so the Bronx remain undefeated. Their winning streak from last year that rode all the way to the state title uh, remains intact. Helena Capital beats uh, Missoula Sentinel, handily statement win by the Bruins, 40-6 over the two-time defending champion Spartans. Huntley Project, they still look like the team to beat in Class B. They crush Cole Strip, 63-12. Jefferson rolls Columbus 48-12. Kalispell Glacier bests Kalispell Flathead in the uh, Crosstown battle up there, 49-14. Lewistown had never beat Billing Central. They hadn't beat them in 35 years. Now they beat them two years in a row, 17-7. The uh, Fergus County uh, Golden Eagles beat uh, the Billing Central Rams. That's the first loss of the year for Billing Central. So they are certainly still uh, in the mix. But Lewistown, the real deal, the last two years, they have a great group of athletes there right now. And then finally, Missoula Loyola, beats uh, Thompson Falls. Crazy. like Central has dominated Lewistown in pretty much all sports forever. Lewistown's got a great group of athletes right now. They were awesome last year. They were really good this year, too. They
3: do, and it's one of those communities where you feel like when they're down, you kind of wonder why, because I've always known them as a really athletic community. I mean, when I came up, with Billings Scarlets and Legion baseball all the way through, they had the Redbird program and just good athletes all the way down the board. So this to me is kind of what I'd expect with Lewistown, and I know they're having just a, a great run right now to beat Billings Central. Those are two teams, culture. I don't think that'll be the last time they play each other. I have a, I have an inkling they might be playing each other here down the road. I can't believe it's already playoff time in the high totally, school ranks. I mean, right? at least now where the picture is being shaped. But how about that matchup in Helena next week? And not to go straight to the double A, oh, but buddy. man, that. Could you ask for anything better? One versus two, Crosstown, both undefeated, roll it out there, home field all the way throughout. Uh, That's going to be pretty epic.
2: The Crosstown and the Capital City is going to be epic for sure. The Montana Football Hour, presented in part by the Advocates. The Advocates know if you need to call them that you're in a tough spot. You're injured, you're stressed, you're worried about taking care of your family. They understand and they want to help. Talking to an Advocate about your case won't cost you a dime, and as soon as the Advocates start working on your case, you can start healing. Chat online today at Montana. Advocates.com. here's our big sky conference scoreboard idaho comes into missoula posts a 30 to 23 win over montana montana state goes on the road 37 14 over northern colorado weaver state uh, suffocates portland state 42 to 7 idaho state gets their first victory of the year the first win under charlie raggle 40 to 31 over cal poly in pocatello uc davis rolls up nau 56 27 eastern was in it a little bit uh, with sac state and then sac state Pulled away, they rushed about 375 yards in that game, and the Sac State remains undefeated, 52 to 28. The story, though, coming out of this weekend is we talked about this this weekend being potentially "quote unquote" trap games for uh, the four previously unbeaten teams, at least against FCS opponents and in Big Sky Conference play, and uh, that were in the top ten. Three of the squads remain unbeaten in Big Sky play. That's Montana State, Weber State, Sac State, Montana. They are now uh, one step behind in the league title race. Huge win for Idaho. Tough loss for Montana. I have some things that I think are the main key factors here. But, Riley, your thoughts uh, from your call-up in the radio booth.
3: It it was a bizarre game across the board. And and I think that when we were diagnosing this matchup culture, even back to Monday and all the way through Saturday, there was a distinct game plan that had to be put in place for the Idaho Vandals to be successful in this game. And they deserve all the credit in the world because it even came down to something as simple when we and you were swapping texts Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday morning. What's your thoughts on the game? How you feeling? Any any changes? And to me it was very simple. Whatever team scores first is going to set the tone. And if Montana can make Idaho play their game, it could be a runaway one direction. If Idaho scores first, able to bleed the clock, make Montana uncomfortable, force the Grizzly offense to feel like they have limited opportunities, which they did from a play count standpoint, from a possession standpoint, and how Idaho just continually put pressure on them all game long, from an onside kick to start the third quarter to going forward on fourth and one. Jason Eck pushed every correct button, but to me, it goes back to the first quarter. Idaho established with they wanted to do first shame on montana that's a bobby hawk phrase but shame on montana for not being able to turn the tide. that was idaho's game from start to finish and they absolutely deserved the win there were stunned people including myself uh from that game but but take nothing away from what idaho did
2: i think that a lot of times we dive into the minutiae we will dive into the minutiae because that's what we do best around (laughs) here but sometimes it's uh, a pretty point blank scenario i think there's two reasons the grizz lost on saturday like one i think idaho's damn good i think idaho's uh I've seen now Eastern Washington in person, UC Davis in person, some of these teams that were returning playoff teams from a year ago. Idaho's better than those teams. Haven't seen Weber State. Won't get to see them in person until this upcoming weekend. Haven't seen Sac State in person yet. Watched them on the stream and stuff, but it's way different when you see a team in person. You could just tell, like, the things like physicality and swagger and the way teams carry themselves, it's so much more apparent in person. Idaho came into Missoula ready to roll. Uh, with a plan, and they executed the plan. I think the number two reason why the Grizzlies lost on Saturday is because they didn't play well. In fact, they played terrible. I think they had so many mistakes, and if you're going to play the style Montana plays where you want to crank it up, harness the momentum, seize the momentum, ride the lightning like they do so well when they're doing it, you can't screw up like they've been screwing up the last couple of weeks. They've been kicking the ball all over the field. What was supposed to be their absolute, defined, systematic advantage against opponents in special teams, has somehow become a weakness the last couple weeks. I mean, they they haven't just been average. They've been bad on special teams in terms of the key mistakes. They can still scheme up great returns and all that. They did they were good in the return game on Saturday. Uh, Junior Bergen had a couple nice ones. Um, but if you're going to turn the ball over like this, Bobby Houck wants games to build. One thing leads to the other thing, leads to the other thing, and then they just smack you. And then they can just bury you, and that's what happened against Portland State. But they they haven't been able to do it the last couple weeks. And I thought Coach Elk, while uh, very 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 angry in the post game press conference, <laughs> I also thought he was um, he was pretty self aware um, in saying, "Hey, two things: one." If we don't stop making mistakes, we're never going to beat anybody. And two, we got to look in the mirror and figure out what the hell's going on because there's a lot of things we need to improve that we didn't between Idaho State, a bye, and Idaho coming out of the bye.
3: Well, let's talk – Let's just take the elephant in the room and talk about it right now. The offensive inconsistency is starting to catch up with Montana yet again. For sure, They rely so much on their defense and special teams, setting up their offense in sure. advantageous situations. And they were even in advantageous situations, Coulter, on Saturday. Patrick O'Connell sets them up at the 15-yard line. It was yep. like pulling teeth to get them to score on that possession. Then Junior Bergen sets them up inside Idaho territory. They can't cash in on those things, even with short field. Offensively, it feels, again, like when the pressure gets tight and there's a must-score situation, they have not been able to do it. And I th- continue to think the identity there, running the football, and, and we can break it down as much as we want, about, okay, Montana had the ball for fewer than 20 minutes. They ran 50 plays. All that being said, how does Nick Osmo, who's coming off the best game in a Grizzly uniform, have three carries? That's right. How's Marcus Knight have three carries? How's Xavier Harris have four? I they went away from the run. It feels like Lucas Johnson is not running the football as much anymore. It's just an identity crisis right now, and I think you have to kind of go there offensively before you go anywhere else. I think a lot of people might want to point defensively and say, oh, something's wrong here. They're starting to give up more points with each game I would think that's a bit of an overreaction. I think so too. But this Idaho team had the ball for over 42 minutes and they were able to do what they were supposed to. So I still go to offensive inconsistency and you're right. Special teams has been exposed. The the fact that Idaho saw on film that they had an opportunity to take that onside kick to begin the third quarter. I never thought that I would think that would happen with a coach Hawk team and especially this group, but that's why you look in the mirror, go back to the drawing board and say, "Hey, even though the things we think we're good at, we need to refine it if we want to be a championship team.
2: I will pay my penance as well. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. This is the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. Uh, I I don't really get into the game of uh, pregame predictions, but I did make a pregame prediction on the uh, Tubs at the Club podcast. They made
3: you? Did they twist your uh, arm they, to do
2: it? They did. I said 35-14 Montana. Uh, I justifiably was then trolled for three days straight on Twitter. They were playing my uh, my synopsis of why the Grizzlies were going to win live at the Corner Club in uh, in uh, Moscow. So a tip of the hat. First of all, thanks to all the Idaho people. Our numbers last week were crazy, super good. And it's a testament to when Idaho's good, I think it's good for the Big Sky Conference. But I will fully admit that I was wrong. I, I think that Montana has some glaring weaknesses that hadn't been quite exploited yet, that then got exploited. We'll see how they move forward from that. But I also think Idaho was incredibly talented. I thought that their lines were great. I thought their offensive skill is exceptionally good. I thought Jermaine Jackson and um, Hayden Hatton Hatton were two of the the best receivers we've seen in the league so far this year. I thought Giovanni McCoy was a revelation, man. I thought he was unbelievably good. My whole pregame analysis was, hey, this freshman kid, they've kept it simple for him. He's been getting you know through his reads quickly. They haven't been making it too complicated in terms of pre-snap reads. He's taking care of the ball. How's he gonna do against a Grizz defense that just brings the house on every play? Well, he did unbelievably well. They had such a good plan to keep him clean, and but more than anything, That kid's a good player, man. He's got a lot of toughness. He's got a lot of swagger.
3: He was fearless on Saturday. A redshirt freshman. He's made four road starts this year at Washington State, nearly one there, at Indiana, at Northern Arizona with the win, and then coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium and winning. I am extremely impressed. I mean, you thought with, okay, the completion percentage, are they dinking and dunking it? Absolutely not. They were taking shots down the field. field. And let's go back to the hire. Coach Jack, Coach Schleichner, right? That's head coach and offensive coordinator. Both of those guys have spent the last six years at South Dakota State. State. Yep. What they do, they turn Giovanni McCoy into more of a, I don't know, intelligent passer is what sure. it looks like to me. He made his first career start against Montana. I get it, true freshman, first career start last year. He was a different quarterback, and, and totally. it's a short time to do that. I, I'm extremely impressed with Idaho. I don't think it's a surprise anybody here. I had them in my top 10 this week in my poll. I had them 18 before last week, yep. and I think the Big Sky Conference is the best Conference in the country. I think they are worthy of five top 10 teams, and Idaho is one of those five.
2: Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank. At Stockman Bank, they invite you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. We'll get back to the Grizz. And we'll give you three big things about the Grizz and the Bobcats here in just a little while. But let's talk about the Cats, just the broad strokes on the Cats. Uh, rewatched the game last night. This was the first time the Grizz and the Cats have had simultaneous kickoffs this whole year. So usually you can watch one and the other. But uh, I was uh, obviously at the Grizz game. So watched the Cat game back last night. Was following along on the live stats and all that. But you have to be so impressed with this coaching staff's ability to ha- stay steady uh, when things go awry, they were down 14-3. Uh, Northern Colorado had a 58-yard touchdown run from Elijah Dotson and then had a 15-play, 95-yard drive where Dylan McCaffrey looked like a four-star quarterback for the first time in a long time. And uh, no panic from the Cats. They kept on rolling, Tommy lot, who looked uh, flustered early, looked shaky early, found his footing, really got rolling. The offense really, really explosive. And, uh, you know, so many programs they tout – next man up mentality and all that stuff. The Cats have absolutely been forced to do it. I mean, they're now playing on their last legs on the offensive line because uh, Brent Vegan announced today, Marcus Ware, he's out for the season with a, a, a knee injury. Uh, he's their starting right tackle. Uh, they also announced that Cole Sain will be out indefinitely. So we'll see when he comes back, but he's the starting offensive guard uh, at Montana State. Titan Fleischman, who's supposed to be the next guy up at tackle, he's out for the season as well. Uh, So they're going to be down to their last couple guys there on the offensive line. Uh, They're already down to their third guy at their running back spot with Isaiah Fonse out indefinitely, Kagan Williams out for the season. That's all to say, though, they keep finding ways to have guys produce. They make the quarterback switch. They go with the dual quarterback system. They still score 37 points and win going away. So uh, even though you're supposed to go to another Colorado and win, so impressive win given all of the adversity Montana State faced.
3: Question number one, right, that comes into yeah. this game leading up to it and after watching it back, how do you feel they utilized the two-quarterback system? Did you, did Tommy Malat get more snaps than you thought? Did he? Because to me, you look at the box score, that's one thing, right? He played more than I thought he would coming back here. Your your thoughts, your take on, on how the two-quarterback system is utilized.
2: Why is Tommy Malat so polarizing? We'll do that next year on the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, Colter Nuana's. Riding with you here on ESPN MT. Back right after this.
1: One, two, three. Newat is now on ESPN
2: Radio. Hello, Tom Petty for you here on your Monday. Welcome back. Nuan is now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, rolling with me, Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the ESPN MT studio at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. The Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for all of their continued sponsorship of all of the things we got going on here at Missoula Broadcasting, Skyline Sports. They're the official digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics, the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast. They do a whole bunch of stuff, and we couldn't do it without Blackfoot Communications and all of their support. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. We're going to stick with the Cats, because that was my tease coming out of the break. Time a lot is so fascinating to watch because when you when he first of all he came back from his injury on on Saturday and he did not look settled in whatsoever right out the gates he looked shaky he ate through a couple not good throws he started two of six and the cats are down 14 to three and you're like well that experiment didn't last very long they should go back to Sean Chambers then though Malat will just catch a rhythm and when he's in a rhythm Damn, he's good. I mean, he's like so good. And so it's just up and down, but you wonder how you find consistency. But he ended up completing, I think, 14 out of his last 15 passes, threw for 217 yards and three touchdowns, not much going in the run game, but they were also able to splice Sean Chambers in a little bit. Chambers was more active in the run game than he has been uh, the last couple weeks because they were trying to take a bunch of blows off of him after that 200-yard game against UC Davis. Uh, Chambers didn't find much of a rhythm offensively throwing the ball, but they still seem to be able to, to figure out a way uh, to navigate this. Uh it's it's just interesting to see because I think they're going to they're going to have to mitigate the noise around this moving forward, but here they are and they've they're 6 and 0 against FCS opponents and Brett Vegan's 18 and 2 against FCS competition. Here's Brett Vegan on his young quarterback before we uh, give you some more analysis on this Bobcat victory over Northern Colorado.
0: Probably un- uneven early. I know there was a couple throws missed. Um, you know, I think you go several weeks without playing. Um, you can practice during the week all you want, but there's the speed of the game and there's the decisions and um there's the guys chasing you that uh becomes reality in a hurry. So I think you definitely settled in um and you know, we'll evaluate the film and, and you know I, I, I know you know, there's going to be areas I'm sure he can improve upon. But, uh, you know, I think when we needed him, he made some
2: plays today. One of the main reasons why Tommy Millat was able to make plays is because of the emergence of Willie Patterson. And Patterson came to Montana State as, you know, some some people think it's a testament to the, to a diverse skill set. Sometimes it can also be a curse. When guys are recruited as quote-unquote athletes, where the hell is this guy going to play, right? And he was a high school quarterback in the Tacoma area. He's only about 5'9", so... You're just wondering, well, how's he going to fit in? He's pretty good during off-season stuff, his first couple years, but he always would get hurt, and he could never find a way onto the field. Well, now Willie Patterson playing at an unbelievably high level, and he had the best game of his career on Saturday. Seven catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, he is the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. It's a cool story. Here's Brent Vegan, just a couple thoughts on Willie Patterson's emergence. I mean he's got eight touchdowns this year, man. He's gonna be an all league player no matter what when this is all said and done. Can he be a first team all league player? I don't know, but it's looking like that is coming to fruition. Here's Brett Vegan on Willie Patterson.
0: Oh I think I think the biggest thing is just seeing a guy you know, say I got one more shot at this and, and you know, you can't just snap your fingers and become this player that he's become, you gotta work at it and, and he's really continued to work at his game um, and the things he's doing right now, honestly I don't think we saw him do any last spring, or first spring uh, so he's, uh, he's taking coaching, he's uh, you know he's craving those opportunities to make plays, and he, he's he's making. He's becoming a tough guy to defend out there. So um, I just you know any time a you got a group of seniors or guys in their last year take their game to another level, that's really the mark of a, a really good team. And uh, you know whether we're exactly a really good team quite yet, I don't know. But uh, Willie's allowing us to you know be as good as we can be on, it, on his end. There
2: you go, Brent Vegan on Willie Patterson. Pretty uh pretty impressive to see what what these guys do moving forward, because I do think that Malat, when he gets when he gets it going, when he gets locked in, he's really good. How much of him being on the field is important to keep him
3: rolling? Well, how much of that also is going to be game plan based, week to week, between Malat or Patterson? Or do you feel, Coulter, it's just the system that Montana State runs that, hey, they, they can plug and place Malat, Patterson whenever they want, or are they going to identify like a Weber State this weekend? It'll be just great to see how creative that Housewright can be offensively and how they utilize both both Mallott and Chambers, but do you feel it's going to be week-by-week week matchup based? Or, or it's very clear, obviously, that you know Mullot's the starter, Chambers is the backup, they're going to utilize him whenever, or do you feel it's going to be more week-to-week? Week?
2: Man, it's such an interesting question because I, I think that it, it all comes down to what their internal confidence is to continue to balance this. And if they can, which I, I truly believe that they're going to be committed to it, I think that their intention, Montana State, Brent Vegan, and Taylor Housewright's intention is to be Sac State in their two-quarterback system. I I really think that. And I think that they can – Bobby Houck had an interesting quote today about Sac's offense. He said, yeah, they run a two-quarterback system as well as I've ever seen a team run it. The guys that are in the game are much different. The offense isn't. That's what makes it even harder because you have a new weapon operating it, but it's the same offense. That's what I think the Cats want to do, too. The Cats are a little bit more systematic about it. Like, Sack will just roll with Jake Dunaway sometimes, Asher O'Hara sometimes. There's not really any rhyme or reason to when they have a different guy in there. The Cats, Sean Chambers is going in when the closer the ball gets to the goal line. I mean, he's the jackhammer. He's the red zone guy. And it's not just wildcat quarterback because he he can operate in the pocket. He can make throws and things like that as well. But it'll be fascinating to see uh, how well they can manage this Moving forward, Montana Football Hour, here on to on is now, presented in part by the Advocates. Remember, if you've been in an accident, you have people that can help. The Advocates offer free consultations to discuss your case, and you don't pay a dime until they win your case. The Advocates know it's scary, so give them a call so they can help you. You deserve an advocate. Call 406-640-4444 today. Always remember, you deserve an advocate. Uh, okay, so those are my first two big things about the Cats. Number one big thing about the Grizzlies. When Montana is rolling, they're great. When they're not rolling, they aren't good at all. And I think that they have to find a happy medium. I think it's so impressive how Bobby Howe can crank it up and get them to roll more often than not. But I find it incredibly perplexing to have a a lackluster finish against the worst team in the league in Pocatello than go into a bye and then never for one second be in control of the game on Saturday. I mean, they got it down to one score at the very end. But make no mistake, the football game we watched on Saturday was Idaho's football game. They dictated it from start to finish. You could tell, I mean... My, my brother texted me in the first quarter. He said, Dude, this game's going to be over in 90 minutes.
1: <laughs> like, for <laughs> real, though.
2: Well, I mean, for real, though, Idaho kicked their first field goal with like six minutes to go in the first quarter. It wasn't like they were doing anything crazy on offense, but we saw things that we haven't seen for years, like huddles, like <laughs> wasting the, you know, draining the play clock all the way down. And seriously, like you said, when they, Idaho went up uh, three to nothing, it put them in the driver's seat, but the uh, the most concerning part for the Grizz to me is that they could never drop, they could never kick Idaho out of the driver's seat. No matter
3: what the ebbs and the flows of the game were, it was Idaho's football game from start to finish. It was crazy because third down, when you went through all the numbers and tried to compare Analysis points and how teams were going to gain an edge, you thought for sure that Montana would have that edge. 25% third down defense. Yeah. Idaho was able to stay on the field. The eight different third down conversions. This was a wild stat to me, culture Idaho had six drives in that game of four minutes or longer. And some of those were six minute punting drives. Montana did not have one drive over four minutes in that game. So it was absolutely Idaho start to finish. I mean, at, before Montana's final touchdown drive, the yard count was. 344 to 160. I mean, there's just no no getting around it. How Montana was not able to adjust in this game, and the bye week blues. It's been interesting with the Grizzlies the last six ga- six years off of bye week. Montana now one in five, and even Coach Houck's tenure. The record not as sterling as you might think. So it was very lackluster. I, I don't. I mean, the trap game mentality, Coach Alex, not going to want to hear that whatsoever. Sure. But mentally, what have we all been saying ever since Spokane? Man, that game against Sacramento State. Man, it's For on sure. ESPN2. It's the game of the year. No matter what, mentally, that plays a part. No, Even if it creeps into 5% of your brain, it's there. And that, I think, was a factor. And again, not to take anything away from Idaho, but that's well, a
2: factor. 100%, man. And I thought... I thought Brett Vegan was revealing during his press conference today. I actually was during our one-on-one because I actually didn't participate in the press conference because I got coach Vegan right afterwards. So we'll play that for you on Wednesday. But Vegan said, he said, Hey, this day and age, the kids are on all the social media, the Twitter, the, they're reading all the stuff. They hear Northern Colorado is no good. They hear their sport, you know, they're 25 and a half point favorites. He's like, but then you get down there and you realize, well, okay, but Elijah Dotson's still really good. And Dylan McCaffrey still played at Michigan and, these guys are all on scholarship, and their coaches get paid. He said during the middle of the game, we had to wake up and say, guys, we did not win this game before we came down here. We got to go win it. And you wonder how much of that was playing I mean, I really think the whole narrative last week was the last tune-up before it's Judgment Day, before the, the key stretch came. Nobody was acknowledging, like, well, so this is not a tune-up. That's a top 20 team that came to
3: Missoula. You had to be ready to roll. And that's why one singular play, I think, just turned the script because Montana, I think, at halftime, they probably were. Woken up at least a little bit. Okay, it's 13-12. to We need to to turn the Jets And How many times have we seen, at least during this tenure of Coach Houck, second half they can blow the doors off someone? So Montana feels okay. We get the ball. We're up by one. Let's settle in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Onside kick. Idaho gets it. They score. Now Montana's playing from behind again. That one play right there, even if Montana... You know, Montana State had that moment, right? 14 3. We sure. need yeah. to wake up. Montana might have had that moment in the locker room, but Idaho did not let them have it. It's so your greatest strength
2: is your greatest weakness, and I always say it, but it's I think it's such a brilliant style of coaching to not have it be about all the strategic adjustments within the football game. I also think it's a foolish way of coaching. It's both, right? When you get and it's when you got it rolling, it makes you a runaway freight train that's just so hard to stop. When you don't have it rolling, How do you adjust? What do you go to? That's what I think the next step and maybe the last step from Montana being a good to very good team to being actually an elite great national championship contender is what can you do when all else isn't going right? When it's backs against the wall. I know what I would do. I'd line number five up all over the place and I'd throw him the ball. I'd give Junior Bergen the ball as much as I possibly could. I would use my offensive skill talent. I would stop with all this, like systematic, complimentary football. No, I would say let's get the dudes who are better athletes than everybody else in the league. That's Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts, Cole Grossman, and Mr. Reliable Mitch Roberts. Put them out there and let it ride. That's what I would do if I was the Grizz. Here's Bobby Houck on some of his frustrations coming out of this uh, loss
4: to the University of Idaho. Uh, First of all, congrats to Idaho. That was a good win by them. They did a nice job today. Didn't think we played uh, particularly well. And that starts with the head coach. So I need to get us to play better so we can win a game like that. You know, we only had 56 plays, and we weren't, we weren't very good on third down. And so, I mean, there aren't very many attempts at anything, you know, with 56 plays. You know, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Idaho. Like I said, good job by them. They, they came in and <clears throat> won the game, but I'm plenty pissed, starting with the guy in the mirror. And uh, w- we did not do very well. We didn't coach well. We didn't play well. And we lost a game. We all talked. You all were here on Monday and then through the week. We all talked about how, you know, the turnover battle was critical in the game. Um, talked about it till we are blue in the face. And, you know, we, we can't turn the ball. In a game like that, especially, you know, we turn it over and then they're going to sit in their huddle for 40 seconds every play. You know, we, you can't turn it over, especially when you're down. When you're up, go ahead, bleed it out. But when they took the lead... Then things change, and uh, turning the ball over is uh, never a positive.
0: Just ultimately, Bobby, when you kind of look, what maybe stands out the most as far as corrections and you know, just to get these guys play better, what maybe stands out the most going forward that you guys want to work on?
4: We got to quit making mistakes. You know, we quit making mistakes. Fundamentally, we're we're fine today. I would think I'm going to see when I watch it. Got to quit making mistakes. Can't give the other team the ball. Can't play. Uh, you can't go four of eleven and third down. Got to run the ball better, as Fritz mentioned. Uh, there's all kinds of things, you know. Can't drop it. I mean, you you want to go down the laundry list? We're gonna to have to freaking bring in dinner. You want to go through the laundry list of stuff we jacked up today?
2: Bobby Hauk here on Nuances Now, the Montana Football Hour, presented in part. By Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations and counting throughout the state of Montana. They are in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. You can tell Coach Huck's frustrated. It's it's really hard in those situations, too, because, you know, on one hand, we can criticize the coaching and all that kind of stuff, but on the other hand, uh, some of the onus, if not a lot of the onus, has to fall on Players. I mean, the players have their own mentality no matter what the coaches try to instill in them. But also, there has to be a high priority on playing clean and Montana has not played clean in the last couple weeks. And I don't know. I think that's the thing is you can get built up and you can start to believe your own hype. You can start to believe we're the number two team in the country. Well, when you play a really good team or you play any team in the Big Sky Conference, I think most of the teams in the Big Sky Conference are going to be better than most of the teams are going to play throughout the rest of the FCS. If you make as many mistakes as Montana makes, especially given the style that they play, I just don't really know what you can do. And so I I think that the frustration is broad because i do think that there's you know blame's the wrong word but the onus falls uh, on a variety I, it falls on the organization at the end of the day
3: it does and, and when you rely on maybe one unit to bill you out one time too many yeah, and right. then you feel the exposure just a little bit more and i think i want to circle back Holter, to special teams again because yep. this was a unit I, I don't even remember last year a mistake or or a couple mistakes on one hand you could count and now we're couple weeks in a row let's even go back to portland state that was three games ago i know the opening kick could have been seemed as unlucky but that's still a, a miscue on special for teams sure. another drop punt so again it's clunky right now i think there's a lot of truth to the build-up and we're part of the build-up too but sure. Coulter, it was five six seven months talking about well montana six and 0 they're getting ready for Sac state montana six and 0 they'll get ready for Sac state yeah That caught up to him last week. That's just plain and simple in a lot of soul searching. And I know we'll start flipping the mindset to now this week of Montana being an underdog to Sacramento State. So all of that being said, it's crazy how the twists and the turns of a college football season go. And Montana certainly riding it here the next seven days.
2: The coaches always want you to believe that each week is independent of themselves. That's, I think, also a key factor for both Montana and Montana State and all the rest of the contenders the Big Sky Conference. No is now ESPN Radio. Jason Eck didn't even wait for a question; he slid right up to the mic. He was ready to roll. Here's just a one thought from Idaho's head coach here before we get into some national landscape stuff here on the Montana Football Hour.
5: Well, that was that was a fun one. That was a good win, and uh, I just can't say enough about our players. You know, both our our guys who are uh, who were here that uh, when we got here just how they've bought into everything that we've talked about and that would be like uh, uh and hayden and then also our new guys that we brought in like paul who kind of bought into the vision you know, of what we have going at idaho and uh no one thought we could win i saw everybody's predictions no one predicted us to win this game but the guys in our building believed uh and uh we, we found a way to do it and i just can't say enough so proud of these guys great win coach you talk about that belief how do you instill that in your guys when you are coming into a, a hostile environment like this well, you know, you you, you got to execute. It's, it's about you. You got to focus on yourselves. You know, we, we you know our I asked the O-lineman coming off. You know, we we had zero false starts. I believe in the game, our crowd noise was lot much louder that we practiced with all week than it actually was today. So we prepared them for that what they were going to uh, face. And um, you know, I think we're a confident team. I think we're a mentally strong team. We knew it was going to be perfect. We knew we'd still have to overcome some adversity. But a huge win for Idaho in Missoula, thirty to twenty three. Montana
2: Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the Advocates. What went on around the rest of the country, and what do we have coming up? Still a huge weekend in the Big Sky Conference, particularly the game in Bozeman. Could be one of the games of the year in the FCS. We'll do all of that next on the Montana Football Hour. Keep it right here. No out now. ESPN Radio. Zula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. Little Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you live on your Monday, the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by the advocates. The advocates know if you need to call them. You're in a tough spot. Talking to an advocate about your case won't cost you a dime. And as soon as the advocates start working on your case, you can start healing. Chat online 24-7 today at MontanaAdvocates.com. The October 22nd date is all of a sudden upon us. That's this upcoming Saturday. We thought it was going to be a pivotal Saturday across the Big Sky Conference, and I actually think it's even more pivotal than it was if Montana had not lost on Saturday because now I think the Grizzlies faced a must-win at Sacramento State. Montana State, they're going to have... Their medal tested in a big way by a Weber State team that looks like an absolute freight train. So we'll see where we're at coming out of this Saturday, uh, but two huge games and still two top ten matchups as Montana goes to Sac State Saturday night and Weber State in bozeman on saturday afternoon
3: i mean we don't want to go too far and say the conference will be decided on saturday but we will have such a clearer picture of scenarios and what teams are playing for after these two results and i'm right with you because sacramento state now they've established themselves as top dog in the big sky conference right from what they've done the last couple years the big show of espn2 gets to come to hornet stadium the national spotlight and they get Big bad Montana coming in after losing a game. And what was all of this talk for Montana leading into this year? Not, I mean, yes, national championship was a thought. But the first goal and always is to try and win the Big Sky Conference for the first time since 2009. I can comfortably say there will not be a two-loss champion in this league. Montana, it's must win in this game for that purpose. The more desperate team this time of year, how does it play out? It's a really tough matchup as the Hornets are rolling as you mentioned. Then I'm so intrigued about the game over in Bozeman because we won't be able to say anymore that neither team wasn't tested coming into this because it's a true matchup of strength on strength and I think the battle of will in the trenches in the running game. It's going to be big boy football. And I'm glad that we will, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not glad that we have to sit around all day and wait for the game in sure. Sacramento. That'll be agonizing, but it'll at least be nice that for three hours we'll tune into that game, Weber State at Montana State.
2: I'm so interested to see how the matchup plays out too because they do have similar identities and they want it to be about toughness and running the ball and all that. But Weber's best personnel uh, advantage, their best personnel group is their secondary Montana State, they're going to want to run the football and run it early and often. But Weber's always been so good against the run as well. Uh, I think that the game being in Bozeman, I think that's a huge advantage for Montana State. And I also think the fact that they went to Ogden and beat Weber in a night game a year ago, uh, that was a pivotal moment in Weber's season as well. I mean, that was basically the game that cost them their playoff
3: berth. Well, and do you remember, though, in Spokane, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. We went through all the teams, and we said – Weber State, they have a different feel. They've got sure. a chip on their shoulder, and they've been playing like a Coulter. So I, I would go this, the psychology of what happened at Ogden last year, yeah. that'll play a part. I think Montana State's got the advantage of being at home. Weber State better on special teams, that X factor with Jay Hill sure. a little bit. So it, it's going to be a fantastic matchup. Big Sky Conference on the national spotlight next week for sure. We'll have plenty of coverage
2: of both of these matchups coming up for you later on this week. Both uh, Weber State head coach Jay Hill and uh, Sac State head coach Troy Taylor will join us. We'll also catch up with our good buddy Andy Thompson, former Grizz linebacker, who's now the defensive coordinator at Sacramento State. That'll be interesting to see his thoughts on the Grizz offense that he prepares for. So all that coming up. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage for you uh, throughout the uh, week leading up to what's going to be a fun Saturday uh, around the Big Sky Conference. Anything else to add
3: before we get you out of here? Well, everybody say a prayer for me for Wednesday night, an hour with Coach Houck after the. I <laughs> know, I'm just kidding. Hope everyone can join us down at Finn. I- I'm excited already for next week because on Monday, I'll obviously be at the- one of the two showdowns, you'll be at the other. It'll yep. be fun to break this down and really do a, a clear playoff p- picture as, uh, as we get going, Coulter.
2: This Montana football hour, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Colter Nuanas. It's proudly presented by Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking. Blackfoot Communications, connect to more with Blackfoot, as well as the advocates reminding you, no matter what, you deserve an advocate. You can always visit online, MontanaAdvocates.com. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. How about some National Football League action? It's all upside down. All the contenders are stuck in neutral and the Vikings and the Giants are 5-1? and one? How did that happen? All that next with our great friend Marty Mornoweg, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you.
3: There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly.
2: And we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills. So all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't
1: deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.